0: I think theology for the clergy. I just believe in Jesus. Sure. Certain hermeneutics of eschatology demand an exegetical approach.
1: I think you shouldn't question what you were taught in church. Isn't that blasphemy or something? I know. Theology.
0: Theology. Unlocked.
2: Now last time, I had to do these two by myself, two episodes by myself because we had some problems with the studio and I talked about a couple of things that that um I think we could bring together and have a couple episodes on kind of finish those things up now uh, um one of the things has has to do with uh, people leaving the church and uh, you know I'm really interested in that that's something that I talk about I read about I'm I think I have a undue, maybe, fascination with it because... An obsession. Yeah, an obsession. Sometimes I feel like the obsession comes from a fear. Like, I want to make sure that it, it never happen happens to, you. to me. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that... I, although I criticized James White last time, or two times ago, one thing he did say that I thought was really good was that... And this was in combination with his, you know... Uh, we're kind of in the end times type thing, you know. I he never said we're in the end times, but he, he he's like, you know, everything's getting worse and worse and worse. Did and you this give any is dates? How bad we are? I need no, dates. No, no, no. He okay. said, "Don't be surprised that people are leaving the faith right now," and he said, "Don't be surprised when in the near future many more will start to leave the faith." Yeah, and these will be, and and he said this prolific people. That will surprise you, and it was kind of funny because what was it? I mean, I didn't know the guy that left the faith right after that, but what was it? The guy from Hillsong, um, maybe a week later. Mm-hmm. I, and now, now I, I've been keeping up with the guy on Hillsong on his tweets, and it's uh, been interesting. And I think he's going in a, going in a good direction. How so? Well, he he's uh, he's last night or yesterday he posted a picture of a video with Gary Habermas. And he said, this is supposed to be the best guy to study whenever it comes to the historicity of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. And that's all he said. And then right below it was was one with William Lane Craig and Lee Strobel. And it was an interview they were doing. And then right below that was some other stuff. And it looks like... It looks like his doubt, and this is something that uh, you know. I I appreciate about doubt is doubt sometimes will so. I doubt will either push you away from the faith, you know, and kind of reveal maybe where your roots were or were not. Reveal that you don't have any roots, or reveal that you have roots and that they're starting to take deeper. Uh, they're starting to grow deeper. But from what I see from him is that. His doubt, whenever he said, and I, I think I misunderstood him because I did write on Facebook right after I saw this that whenever somebody says, I'm doubting and I like it, you know, that's what he said. I mean, I'm doubting and I feel great. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's, he's one of the, you know, doubters that is excited to get away from Christ because that's one, of, you got two types. You got the, the people who are excited about it, and it's kind of a release. It's exciting in the sense that now I'm free from everything. Now like I, I've been
0: looking for a reason to justify yeah, yeah. my departure, and now i got some stuff I can build a case for why it's okay that I'm— it's good that I'm leaving.
2: Yeah, I, there, there's no use in it. I mean, I'm not saying that I wouldn't love to talk to those people, but there's no use in it. You know, It's not as if they want to. It's like, no, no, I'm finally getting away well, from you. Well, you. you're
0: saying that they're sort of rooting for—
2: yeah, um, doubt. They're they're. It's a which... discovery that is exciting. It's they <laughs> they feel like it,
1: they've. It's the, well, it's the kind of doubt that never stops asking questions. So there's a kind of doubt that really wants answers, and they're kind, there's the kind that never stops asking questions. Or
2: there's a kind of doubt that just asks one question, they're done. Well,
1: yeah, but I mean, like, never stop asking questions. Meaning, here now, he he's in. I think maybe in that camp of where he's never going to stop asking questions because. Um, with every answer, well, there's something else to doubt, and there's something else to doubt, and there's something. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't know, I don't know the state of this guy's heart. I don't want to know. I don't know the state of his life and what sort. Of, if there's a particular sin that's driving this, I do believe that, like the majority of time, when we doubt, um.
2: Well, I think this particular guy from Hillsong is okay. going in a good direction because he's he asking is, legitimate. He's yeah, like yeah. seeking
1: answers. Well, then he might be the kind of guy that's he's doubting like, to uh, seek he, answers. Whenever he
2: wrote about Gary Habermas and whenever he wrote about uh, William Lane Craig, it was as if he fir- This is the first time he was ever. Seen I him.
0: wouldn't doubt it if it is. I mean, yeah. we, none of us would doubt that, right? Yeah. No. And, and so, well, that's you know, great if he. If but, this is his first time. But as you say, your, your attitude or disposition makes a difference. So that if you're one of the people, and I think we've known a lot of the, these. Who never had any depth? They don't. They Genuine never had conviction. any real answers to the questions. Like that two they, layers down, as you gen- know. Yeah, about. they yeah. they're rooting for good answers because what they're saying is, give me something to stand on because I haven't had. Because I'm falling apart. But if it's the other kind of person you mentioned, which is sort of like a spouse who wants out but has hasn't found a good reason yet to get out. And so, like
1: the moment they get, yeah, like that I would, reason,
0: I would, I wish he or she would, would be <laughs> yeah. be having some kind of affair because yeah. I'm I mm-hmm. need a reason, yeah. and if it's that kind of person who's wanted out, right, then then the then then they're not inclined favorably to what they
1: read, uh, by whomever, there, nothing is convincing, is that right. what you mean? Right, yeah. because as Michael said, they, they can always
0: say, well, yeah, this apologist said this, but then I. But then they'll go looking for some way to undermine that apologist, yeah. and I think you can probably, with the internet, find anything you want if if you're if sure. you're
2: dead set on well, where it's, it's you want to arrive. It's a marriage that you got into that you weren't really committed to, and you at the end you go, you know what? I don't really love this person.
1: You know, it's, well, I don't know this person. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Is know, really the root of love, it. He or, doesn't. Or, or, or I'm they don't really know him Christ.
2: And I
0: don't like him. Or, or I don't like him. Or I came into this.
1: Or I don't like his family. Yeah. His <laughs> <laughs> <Maybe> <laughs> that's right. what it is. The church. Right. They don't yeah. like. They don't like. Other and a Christians. lot of times,
0: you know, we. I think that some of the questions we have to ask here, doing this, is okay. I mean, the, the, there's the perennial and age old question everybody's asking right now when we listen to this, which is okay. What was their status? Were they in? Were they out? Yeah. How do we? That's a theological question. And then, I mean, the fact that people um, sometimes come in and then after the fun wears off, and especially if they were involved in a big time, a happening thing like Hillsong, which is a movement, which yeah. um, is a there's there's let's face it, there's there's some entertainment element to it. There's a little bit of celebrity to it, it and if that starts to wear off or wear thin, um. Sometimes you, it can. there's an there's an old adage uh, that is as true as ever which is what you win people with is what you win yeah. people to. I mean yeah. you can we only sustain,
1: that. you know, like a redeemed version of cabaret for so long, you <laughs> yeah. know, to, to draw to draw people in. That that's not sustainable. And if the
0: roots don't go deep, kind of like you've said, um, it, it may be that as especially if your roots aren't deep and the current gets stronger and more fierce, which by which I mean the culture is not as friendly to you anymore. Increasingly And it is now yeah. harder to be a Christian. Well, then you're going to start to feel more like what the church feels like in other parts of the world, where, by the way um there are fewer christians mm-hmm. because a lot of you know it's like um it's
1: it, a life or death situation chesterton in some cases. said uh,
0: uh famously that you know it's not that christianity has been tried and found wanting it has been it has been found hard and left untried In mm. a lot of places when they look and say ooh ooh those are views that are unpopular yeah. Ooh, that's that, that could yeah. get me in the hot stakes water are high. or i could even get fired then maybe I'll just, I don't want any part well,
2: of let that. Let me ask you guys this, because this is, this is something that I think is not only of interest to me, but it's very important. I think for, for people to hear our listeners to hear we're, we're, we're all in agreement that this is a problem and it can be, it, it's not necessarily a bad one. Whenever people start doubting. I mean, the, the whole idea of, nobody's ever doubted their faith it's just a scary thing to me because you yeah ludicrous really... not but, true but what what is it that you would say if if somebody were co- to come to you and say how do i prevent this how do i prevent this in my family uh with with those around me with my friends how do i uh, keep you know the 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 type of faith that just settles on whatever is the status quo without moving any deeper. How do I prevent that? How do I, how do I make sure that later on they don't leave the faith?
1: All right, well, I don't think it's incumbent upon us to ensure people don't leave the faith, firstly. Well, I you know that, but it's but not But I get what you're us. saying. Yeah. But but how can we be a more effective witness to people well, and, you, and more tell, effective, tell parents effective, more that, effective to make disciples, it, I think is it. What do, you, what do you, it? you tell
2: parents to make their children, if they're saying, I want to make... I would say I that... I want to doubt-proof my... earth. Ur- well, Not that, mm-hmm. I want to... I just want to make sure this doesn't happen because, as as uh, you know, James White did say, in the future we're going to have a lot more of this because we have a right. shallow church.
1: Well, how can we? How can we? Well, that that's obviously you just dig- a problem. your that's, diagnosis
2: is part of the answer. Yeah, isn't that it?
1: that's been like, I mean, for the better part of the twentieth century, but, that's but been an issue. That, but I know that. I know
2: that. But listen, there they, these are people that have come and they have been taught theology. They have been – they're in traditions I, I, that are who, who, strong traditions. Been,
1: uh, ha, like the, the examples, the two examples of recent – they haven't been taught
2: theology. Well, what's his name? Um,
1: yeah, that he, he uh, went to Regent Seminary. But I'm talking about in terms of being grounded. What's his
2: name? I can't even remember. Josh name Harris. Name. Yeah, Josh Harris. In
1: terms of being grounded, though, like if you talk about parents and their children, um, they need to – when we're talking about um, you know how can we effectively disciple – people well we have to be first and foremost we ourselves have to be true to the truth we have to love the truth love the source of the truth and strive to live it out as best we can um and then also we have to ground our children theologically and apologetically and we also ultimately have to let them know that if you do know Christ and through the lens of Christ no question is off the table you can ask anything You can act because God's not afraid of that. And that's the thing that if there is this environment that stifles even just intellectual like entertainment of things, like if you even begin to even question your own paradigm, not even question the things of God and the truth of scripture, um, that that can be stifled. So I think that that is a problem. I don't know how much of a problem it is, how pervasive that problem really is today, because I, you know, like say, for example, with my friend, like my children's friends there, it's evident their, their parents aren't even Christian, but if they are, if they are, they kind of have like they themselves aren't firmly grounded. So, I mean, when you say, what do you say to parents? I think first and foremost is they need to be firmly grounded in things in scripture, in um, and understand but doesn't, doesn't theology that beg the question,
2: and, how are they firmly grounded?
1: How are they? Well, they have to be, that's the church and that's where the church itself. And then when I say the church, uh, when I say the church, <clears throat> um, I mean, you know, the visible church where they, they have lost footing as well. Uh, they are not, they are not, um, you know, they're not doing their job they are tasked with shepherding the flock and that isn't merely just giving them you know, some sort of platitudes um, and a rock concert. That that doesn't do it. They need to be grounded in the historic Christian faith. And the church, for a better part of the 20th century, has retreated from that and moved away from that. And then there's these small segments and movements that, you know, like with evangelicalism, trying to push forward and well, well, engage well, culture and all me, of that. Let me that. ask but, Clint
2: real quick. Uh, the same question, but let me let me push it in this direction and say um, – if a parent comes to you and says, what's the problem if we're buying into this idea that more people are leaving the church than at any time before, which seems to be the case, and they say, how do I prevent this? What's, what's one bit of advice you might give them?
0: Well, look, first of all, one of the first things I, I think we would have to say might sound disappointing because we're going to have to admit that what you're asking, I cannot guarantee you're saying, what can I do to insure? If I could sell that insurance, uh, I'd be rich, because oh. that insurance policy, uh, parents would pay top dollar for that. Yeah. But but all parents know you can't claim the promise of Proverbs. When uh, Train a child in the way he will go, mm-hmm. and when he's older he will not depart. Generally, this is true, like all Proverbs. But it's not a surefire guarantee. And so um, I think, as we've said, you have— You have a weak foundation. I think it's true what has been said. I can't remember who might have said this, but we all eventually live up to or down to our most fundamental beliefs. Mm -hmm. And if your kid in growing up has fundamental beliefs, I mean core beliefs that were taught to him or her by culture, by entertainment, by, I don't know, school system maybe, by media, by friends... Then they're going to it when it all shakes out. They're going to live up to those beliefs, they're going to, or or down to them. And even if every Sunday they went and heard a guy tell them these other beliefs, and and gave some tacit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, nods to it, or sang about it, or felt emotionally good about it, wh- the question is: What are your real beliefs? What what is what is your actual true? I mean, like you know, back to the wall on your own death's door, you know, what do you really and, believe? And, and not only that's what it. do
1: you believe, but why do you believe it? Right. Um to be challenged um on that and that's okay. Like when you are you know, I think the unexamined life is not worth living, spoken by a pagan but true nonetheless. If you're not asking yourself why you believe those things, that also lends itself to a shaky foundation because you need to um, examine yourself. That that's part of examining Let a man yourself. Examine himself to well, to examine yourself morally, so that you know otherwise. you're in the faith. You know, and,
0: it's and you part know, of that. How many people do you guys meet, and especially in church culture? I I've heard. I mean, going on years, it's like you know the same song and dance with people in classrooms, especially. Here's what they say, and I don't know how much it's true. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But. To the degree this is true, it's it's a it's a poison in the in the well of the church, and they'll say this: not only were they not ever told about why they should believe certain things, it, the times they questioned why, you can finish this, can't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. they get? Oh, well, they got. Uh, Just got to believe. Yeah, don't don't question
2: thing. it. If you if you have the questions, then you are, you are that's the an- antinomy of belief. At, at best, at best, they were ignored and and patted on the head and say,
0: "Oh, you you're so silly with your crazy questions." Wine now, faith, now get on back. Faith. Now get yeah. Or at worst, they were shamed and told, "You're yeah. wrong. You're yeah. there's something deficient in you. What what's wrong with you?" Well, and and or see, and
1: that's things. the difference too. Like that's a difference with someone who's asking questions to answer versus someone who's asking questions for an excuse. You see what I'm saying? And you have to have wisdom to, but you should treat all questions as serious, not judge the motive. So you answer it, not knowing either, you know what I mean? And I think that's a fair assessment to the two primary groups of people, the reason they're asking, but you answer it the same. And that's what I was trying to say earlier that, that, I don't, and I don't know why this is and has been pervasive in, you know, Christian culture within the visible church that the notion that, um, there's no question that you can't ask as a believer. That's when, when you come to know Christ and then as you, you know, know him, um, and know him more and, <clears throat> and the longer you're a Christian and, in all the things that come with that, um, The more amazing reality becomes. Anything that's worth (laughs) knowing, anything that's true about reality, is worth knowing. And you can ask those questions, and you can seek after those. Well, I found found that there's a a certain type of Christian
2: too that goes through this doubt that that it it harbors within them. They begin to express it, and then because of the reception it got, just like you said the the way in which don't laugh at me <laughs>
1: sound effects <laughs> <laughs> sound effects good one
2: <laughs> <clears throat> the way in which it was received it was um it was it, it made them kind of just they still had it and they the, they were true believers and they just lived the rest of their life in some type of timid fear that that i can't really move forward because because you know how it is whenever you do go through this and then all of a sudden, the fear that you had, um, if you ever had that, is gone because you've you've made it through it. You've conquered a, a very difficult thing. Now, now I I want to add something to what you guys said, and you, you guys were talking about what to believe and why to believe it. Mm-hmm. And I think obviously that's that's very true. You know, both theology and apologetics, and the, which which it doesn't seem like the um, what's his name from Hills or the other guy. God, why can't Josh I Harris. Yeah, Josh Harris. Uh, or no, excuse me, Hillsong guy yeah, had that. He, ha,
1: he didn't have much experience because he, to that.
2: he's just now getting it, and it's probably that he's a true Christian, and this is really saturating his soul.
1: Well, let's pray for that. Yeah, definitely. You know, for anyone that's going through that, ultimately. Yeah. But
2: but um, it's not just what you believe and why you believe because I've seen a lot of people that that have their theology and they have their apologetics. And they, they haven't been down pat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think of the people that are out there that are more evangelistic atheists that that are pushing against the gospel. Right. And, are they, you know, they have, are these people, ha, they, they have their testimonies about how they used to be apologists. And now yeah, they're yeah. not anymore.
1: Now, let me ask you this question, though. Are these people more the exception or the rule?
2: I don't know. I mean, uh, again, whatever. It's it's hard to expose these things because we, we don't know how many dormant ones uh-huh. that that could go any direction, dormant are, apostates, <laughs> yeah, or, or people that could go any direction within the church. I love it whenever her people make moves, well, whether the move is is a difficult one. Where where you know, my daughter um, was uh, going through this with her boyfriend not too long ago, and she came to me, you know, in a panic and said, "He's doubting his faith," and they're very close, and they're uh, you know that they're probably going to get married, and this is something where. It put her, you know, over the edge because immediately she's like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. What should I do? And, you know, she's going into, you know, panics inside, spiritual panics. And I said, Caitlin, this is the greatest thing I've seen yet. I don't know which way it's going to go, but... I have not seen once I see this I know I'll see fire mm-hmm. afterwards. Sure. And if it goes in the right direction then we've got it. I mean this is this is so good. Now the thing is that if you if you have down what you believe and why you believe it without mm-hmm. kind of the 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 how you believe. And this is this is a key for me is how do people believe? And and it's kind of this this psychology of belief this this epistemology of belief. It's the the idea of where does we well, get do our we know? knowledge, and how do, how do we, we assimilate know? it? That's excellent. And then yeah. the, 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 here, here's what you know: the one of the main things that I think we have to do within the church, and the, I know this is gonna be hard to hear for people. Okay, so listen up. And this is true. I think I'm I'm very committed to this, at least right now, is that we have to instigate these things instead of protect people mm-hmm. from them. Right. We're not we're not sitting here saying, "Oh my gosh, what what if I said <clears throat> this and they start to doubt." Because I see that all the time, you know, you're going to cause them to doubt if you say, if you reveal that, or if you, if you don't, you know, hold to the party line, whatever the party line is, whatever said denomination, whatever said tradition. If you don't hold that, you're going to, you're going to instigate this doubt because it's going to throw them for a tailspin, to put them right. in a tailspin. So
1: epistemology classes at churches, well, I'm for it. Yeah, yeah. I, of
0: course you are. But I, I will say this. Uh, you know, so years ago, I I came to this kind of realization when after I started to do lots of apologetics and I was teaching these kind of things and pastors, friends of mine and other pe- pastors would call once in a while with an issue with somebody in their church, somebody and they would say, um, there's a question they're asking. And in other words, they were saying, Hey, you know about this kind of stuff, uh, yeah, what, yeah. What, let's do. Uh-huh. And what I what occurred to me suddenly, after enough of this, I thought to myself, Why, no, wait why a aren't they answering? Why this? are we being so reactive? Like in other words, oh. why why do we have the, the 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 pastor would know something about apologetics and about answers about deeper stuff? Like it's not like he's totally ignorant of it, but it's almost like that's in my reserve yeah, area. Yeah. And I got a couple of go-to guys. I got a few go-to books, but I never otherwise think and, about. And it or I don't bring have it up. a
2: personal testimony to say whenever I did this, whenever I yeah. went through this. Here's the way I dealt. So with if it.
0: fires come up, I got to go run to get yeah. the right. I got to go run to get the water the and put brigade. it out. Yeah. I thought, well, now why aren't we being more proactive? What would be wrong with teaching this to begin with? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. That, well, that so will see, saying. that
1: is that gets it. So it isn't all a number of things. And two, also. Not just what you believe, why you believe it, and how you believe, but at the the bottom line is who do you believe in? And you can have, I think this kind of ties into, this ties into what you're talking about, like these people that are grounded, they seem, they're they're apologists and now they're atheists and they're evangelical atheists now, Mm. um, is that they may have had their theological ducks in a row, they may have been... Uh, had all the best apologetic arguments, whatever variety they may have been, and like that. and they could they, spout them off. Yeah. But the point is, is they, and they may even uh, have a, a fundamental understanding of how humans know things. But the point is that it was the who that they know. And if you have all of these things, and 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 um, I even fall prey to it myself, and um, I fall prey to it myself. At times when I'm having discussions about theology, I forget what it's tethered to or who it's tethered to. I'll be talking to my friend Tony about the atonement and just talking about the cross and the, mm. and then just not even realizing the actual personal component to it that it is about Christ. Yeah. So at the end of the day, if all of these things are just scholastic. And it, and it and, is about Christ. It, and here, here's, and here's the added component him, to that is that. It's How do you
2: know it's about Christ? Because you can see. I mean, this is where you see the power of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. It really is. This is where you see all of a sudden, man, this is the first time I've seen it. You know, because it's just rote. And I never know with so many people. And it's just like they go through mm-hmm. the motions. and But then all of a sudden I say, there's there somebody is. God is getting a hold of. Yeah. And I'm not sure which direction it's going to go. But I, I, I have to say, they just jumped in the race in my to me cuz i don't know whether they're in the race the they're finally otherwise. engaged yeah. i
1: see what you're saying right
0: because we know, we know this because um, all all of these discussions when they're had about these kind of matters you've got passionate people on two sides right yeah but they but take them all together and they represent small minority of the population mm-hmm. yeah uh in, instead most of the church members are in a big mushy middle they don't have they're not they're not passionate either way. Mm-hmm. and sadly though, they will encounter one way or another. eventually they will encounter all the big questions and problems and the standard stuff stuff that y- y- we all have this experience, things that you have been thinking about for the last twenty years or more. yeah, and you've read everything about it and you've heard it over and over all that they say this, you say that this is this this is what you know like we know it like the back of our hand, and along will come somebody again. At, for the first time, like they woke up in this in this Alice in Wonderland world, like yeah. oh, you know what I read, yeah. and, and they and then they might hit you with it, and it's it's and you know frankly it's sometimes hard to resist being like oh reacting to them in a way where you roll <laughs> like your eyes like oh my gosh that is so tired but like you have to realize the Lord has <laughs>
1: just just now revealed that they to them and to you rejoice in that that's right absolutely yeah. coming to them
0: fresh and so you know they're going to encounter it and sadly. You know, so many people raised in church will only hear about an issue from the other side. This, and some people have made a living on it. Like, like um, I, you could think of this as sort of the Bart Ehrman um, yeah. phenomenon. You make a living by introducing something to a church culture. That the church
2: should have introduced, exactly. but didn't. Exactly. And, they, and
0: now you get to be their first primer and, on it and coming it's, from and it's that point like, of
2: view. It's kind of like, uh, the, <laughs> I use this illustration all the time, but it may not. I, I think it's appropriate. But whenever, whenever my kids were growing up, I said, I'm going to be the first person who introduces you to understanding what sex is right? Yeah. I'm going to tell you about it before your friends do. Because a a, a a minister told me this early on, or he was at our church and he was preaching on this. He said, don't let their friends say something first because then they become the authority and you become irrelevant. And I think that's what it is in the church. You know, whenever it comes to these difficulties, these these wrestling matches, I don't want you to avoid that. You know, here, let's go the long way around that because... There's, there's where Jacob wrestled the angel, and I don't want your hip displaced. Yeah, well, you know And we, to, we're yeah. scared of that, Allo- you know? Allow
1: them to, you know, you address those things head on. Now you have to be prudent with that, obviously, because you don't want to expose them to things just for the sake of it. And well, sure, because they they're always n- going to ask you, yeah. how do you deal with it? And it's not it? necessary you, to you have an expose them to, like, to say, well, here. let's... I tell you what, let's sit and watch this porn together so you can, know. <laughs> right. I mean, but I mean, if you're, if you're addressing the, the fundamental principles and that's another thing too, uh, this kind of falls into the theology thing. A lot of people react towards the rigidity of their perceived rigidity of list of don'ts that the principles that, yeah. you know what I mean? They're, they're, yeah. Again, it's not personal. They There's no personal attachment. It's just these abstract notions of what you should and shouldn't do, but there's the 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 things that you should not do or the things that you should do are directly linked to the person, the, to God, to His character. Well, listen, and there's listen, a disconnect. Next time, there's no next time, I want to talk about relation something to it.
2: that has to do with this very much. But I think it's going to take a while to dig into. But this is the whole rise uh, that's going on right now. Of, and, and I want to, I want to ask very, very seriously whether y'all think this is legitimate. I don't even know what they're calling it formally. Maybe you guys know. But the idea of this damage that the church is doing to people that we are trying to now label some type of syndrome to where you have a religious syndrome, this experience, it's much like post-traumatic stress. Okay. So uh, I I want to introduce that next time and and talk about it a little bit more.
1: Sounds good.
0: Theology Unplugged.